Hi all, you're listening to At The Beam, a medical education podcast where we discuss high-yield oncology with a focus in radiation oncology. We are Trudy and Josh, and thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. Um, So my name is Trudy Wu. I'm a radiation oncology resident at UCLA. And then today I'm here accompanied by Josh No, who is a radiation oncology resident at Stanford. Together, we've created a medical education podcast called At The Beam. Yeah, thank you, Trudy. Uh, My name is Josh, like Trudy mentioned. I'm a resident over at uh, Stanford University. And uh, our goal here at At The Beam is to develop this educational tool in oncology. We wanted to center it around a mock oral exam we're going to go over how to go about working up um, different oncologic indications. So I think for uh, this first episode here, we're hoping that we can talk about uh, low-risk prostate cancer. How does that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So uh, we'll start off. Um, so Trudy, you're in the clinic and you see a 60-year-old man. is an elevated asymptomatic screening PSA of 7. Can you please tell me what the current PSA screening guidelines are and how you like to work up this patient? Sure. So for men 55 to 69, the American Urology Association is currently suggesting a PSA every one to two years if the life expectancy of the patient is greater than 10 years. For workup, I do a complete history and physical, paying specific attention to urinary bowel and sexual review of systems, and also perform a digital rectal exam. There are several scoring systems, such as the IPSS for LUTs and SHIM for erectile function, which should be assessed as well. And I would also probably get a repeat PSA, MRI prostate, and then get biopsies. On the MRI prostate, I would look for radiographic features, such as extra prostatic extension or seminal vesicle invasion that may upstage the patient, and then use this MRI to aid with target and OAR delineation. Yeah, that's great. You know, there can sometimes be some benign causes of increased PSA. Do you mind just reviewing some of those uh, potential causes? Certainly. So some causes are prostatitis, urinary retention, BPH, recent ejaculation, recent trauma to the prostate, such as a DRE, biopsies, or a TERP. Um, on the converse, 5 alpha reductase inhibitors, most commonly used as finasteride, can also artificially lower the PSA. So if your patient is on one of these medications to account for these effects, and as a rule of thumb, you should multiply the PSA level by two to accommodate for the finasteride use, and then this will normalize the PSA values. Yeah, that's great. Um, So you do your physical exam, you do your digital rectal exam, everything is normal. Uh, The pathology is showing um, on the biopsies that the highest Gleason score is three plus three, and we see this in three out of 12 total cores. There's no perineural invasion. Can you please tell me what this patient's risk group is and if he needs any further workup? So with Gleason score six disease, also known as grade group one and initial PSA is seven um, and CT1C, he falls in the NCCN defined low risk category and he does not need any further workup. Fantastic. So you mentioned uh, T-staging. Do you mind please telling me a little bit about clinical T-staging for prostate cancer? Sure. So T1A and B are both prostate cancer that is instantly detected, for example, on a TERP. T1C is cancer that's identified by biopsy, but not palpable, such as this patient. T2 is all palpable disease. 2A is less than half of one lobe. 
2B is more than half of one lobe, and then T, uh, 2C is both lobes. T3A is extra prostatic extension, and 3B is seminal vesicle invasion. T4 is locally advanced disease invading into the bladder, anus, rectum, or pelvic wall. Sounds perfect. It's uh, fairly detailed, but the high points here is that T1 is not palpable. T2 is palpable. T3 is uh, when the tumor starts leaving the prostate through uh, extra prostatic extension or seminal vesicle invasion. And T4 is where the cancer is invading nearby structures. So uh, one note for listeners is um, disease in any non-regional lymph node is automatically considered metastatic. Um, Trudy, do you mind uh, please just letting us know what the regional lymph nodes are in prostate cancer? That would include the obturators, internal iliacs, external iliacs, and presacral lymph nodes. Perfect. So this patient is 60 and has low-risk prostate cancer. Uh, what are his treatment options? He can choose to undergo active surveillance, which involves routine monitoring with PSA, digital rectal exam, biopsies, or he can pursue treatment with a robotic-assisted laparoscopic prostatectomy or radiation therapy with options for either external beam radiation therapy or brachytherapy. Great. Um, so this patient is incredibly bright and wants to undergo radiation therapy. So how are you going to simulate this patient and to what dose and fractionation would you treat him? And can you please tell me what your treatment volumes would be? Um, so I would simulate supine with a full but comfortable bladder and empty rectum. With CT-guided radiation, I would have intraprostatic fiducial markers placed prior to the SIM scan to aid with image guidance. And there are actually many fractionation regimens, but given this patient's lack of LUTs, I would treat with SBRT, 36.25 gray and five fractions to the PTV, and then 40 gray and five fractions to the CTV delivered every other day. The CTV would include the prostate alone and PTV expansions would be anastropic with a three millimeter posterior expansion and five millimeter in all other planes. To aid with contours, I would fuse the diagnostic MRI that we obtained to help contour the prostate and urethra, which are both better seen on MR. And no ADT is indicated at this time because he has low risk disease. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, do you mind just reviewing other dosing fractionations and what constraints uh, you would consider if you're treating with SBRT? Sure. So 70 gray and 28 fractions is an option. 60 gray and 20 fractions is also commonly used. And for brachytherapy, either low dose rate or high dose rate monotherapy are options. With SBRT, I would make sure the D50% is less than 18 to 20 gray and the D max is less than 42 for both the rectum and bladder. For the rectum, I'd make sure that less than half of it, the rectum is receiving 24 gray and that the V38 is less than two cc's. And then importantly for the urethra, we would want to make sure that the D max is less than 42 gray. Fantastic. So everything looks good. Your plan is perfect and uh, your patient undergoes treatment. Um, what acute toxicities are you going to watch out for and how do you want to follow up this patient? So common acute side effects include urgency, frequency, dysuria, and loose stools. For late side effects, I'd monitor for cystitis, proctitis, and sexual dysfunction. In terms of follow-up, we should obtain a PSA every six months at first. Great. Um, so it sounds like you know this a little too well. So let's change it up and say instead of grade group one disease, the patient has two cores of Gleason three plus four disease. So five out of 12 total positive cores. What uh, NCCN risk category is he now, and how does it change overall management? So now with grade group two disease, he falls in the favorable intermediate risk group. And hard indications that would upgrade a patient to unfavorable intermediate risk are Gleason 4 plus 3 disease, or if greater than 50% of the cores are positive. 
if the patient had at least two of the following, CT2B, 2C, Gleason 7, or PSA of 10 to 20, then they would also be considered to have unfavorable intermediate risk disease. Great. Let's say he has favorable intermediate risk disease. How does your treatment plan change? With favorable intermediate risk, we do not need staging scans. This should only be considered starting with unfavorable intermediate risk. But again, I would probably obtain a prostate MRI to aid with treatment planning and to ensure there aren't radiographic features that may upgrade staging. If there's no ECE, SVI, or nodal disease that's detected, then the radiation plan would remain the same. Yeah, that sounds great. Perfect. So um, that was a great review of low-risk prostate cancer. Uh, this is going to conclude our first episode. Um, just for our listeners, we used a, a few abbreviations that will be spelled out in our show notes. We'll also include some highlights there regarding low-risk prostate cancer that we didn't discuss. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. And then also thanks to Dr. Amr Kishan, um, who helped us review this episode's script. And also thank you to you for listening. You'll find the show notes on our website at thebeam.com. And be well, and remember to trust, but always verify. Bye.